Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Extra Portion, where you can hear more about some of the issues we raise in the monthly podcast. This week, we're still chewing over the issues around Dartmoor Hill pony meat, that has polarised our delicious Facebook community and readers. Beverly wrote to us, I was extremely disturbed by today's email newsletter I received from Delicious. I'm a horse owner, and the thought of eating pony meat is deeply disturbing. I haven't opened the article to listen to it on the promotions podcast, as just the thought of it has made me feel so upset. Karen Barnes, our editor, has written back to say, Thank you so much for your comments. We really appreciate your feedback. We recognise this is a highly sensitive topic. The reason we've chosen to cover it, taking a rounded, objective viewpoint, is because this is an important food environmental issue and one people might not be aware of. We're opening the issue up for debate rather than making a judgment on it. If you do decide to listen to the podcast, you'll hear that we've included this item because the Dartmoor Hill Pony Association, a charity, is helping to maintain the Dartmoor ecosystem and treat wildlife responsibly. Dartmoor ponies are usually culled at one year old or under to stop overbreeding and the meat is disposed of or used as food for zoos. The new approach means ponies used for meat are properly treated for three years and allowed to graze on free pasture. Then the meat is sold and used responsibly rather than wasted. We recognise this is an emotive topic and that most people are likely to feel uncomfortable about the prospect of even considering eating pony meat. But nevertheless, we believe it's important for food issues such as these to be aired. We do appreciate that everyone has different views, so thank you very much for sending yours. Helen Troop says on Facebook, It's not a choice that I would be keen to make, although I've eaten horse meat on school trips to France many years ago when there was no choice. I can see we have a huge welfare problem with ponies. Sadly, few seem to be willing or able to keep ponies as pets, and huge numbers are being sold through auctions. To the question, would you ever eat pony meat? Yvonne says no for the moment. However, I said I would never eat rabbit, and now I do. Mind over matter. While Sally says, no, I'd rather eat my own arm. So let's go back to Dartmoor to meet Charlotte Faulkner of the Dartmoor Hill Pony Association, the charity that's proposing that in order to keep the ponies as part of the essential conservation mix on Dartmoor, that they need to live longer. And in order to live longer, they need a value for the farmers. What, what happens on Dartmoor is that you are given a certain number of grazing rights. We have 900 foals to sort out in the autumn in a very short period of time because you run out of grass then and so you've got nowhere to keep them and so you have to make it work. The whole structure is pinned on the way that the moor is grazed and managed. Mm-hmm. It creates the right habitats for all the other birds, bees, you know, all the different animals, yeah. butterflies, all the different animals that are, are, are valuable to Dartmoor. We, as the charity arm of what we do, 
can home and look after 300. But as the Dartmoor Hill Pony Association, which is the pony keepers, they recognise that they have got to find underpin their market. Which means a new way of making enough money to be able to keep the ponies. It's a way of knowing that your pony will have a value as a three-year-old. They're also much easier to home as three-year-olds. So for me, if I can change the mindset and make people recognise that... the Because the, all the ponies on Dartmoor are owned by somebody, you have to make sure they draw them back into their herd and say, right, well, I'll take some older ponies off the top who've had a good life and I'll put younger ones in the bottom and give them a chance to life. So you're creating this cycle of, of, of a future and actually giving animals a chance but you can only do that if you're promising the farmers a market. Yes, exactly that. So we're dealing with a, a cultural issue, Ben, really, aren't we? We're trying to persuade people that to eat pony meat is not a terrible thing at all. If you know where it comes from and how the animals are looked after, then what's the difference between eating that and the beef and the lamb that also are part of that conservation mix? Yeah, it's quite an interesting one, isn't it? Because <laughs> uh, you, you step over a barrier into your domestic horse, but these are actually semi-feral animals. They're the, the equivalent of deer or whatever, really. And it's only once you put them in a field they actually become those personalities that you associate with that. But that cultural problem is is the problem, isn't it? I think it's less and less. And, and what I find so interesting is every, Saturday, every other Saturday I work at Tavistock Market selling pony meat. And I have the most amazing people and they come up and, you know, specifically there's a lady who comes every time we're there and she buys two packets of sausages and she says, I cannot have a pony, but I can support you by, by doing, buying two packets of sausages. And another person, they turned up the other day and they, um, they were wearing a T-shirt with the name of their pony that they got from us on the front. They gave me £100 to the charity and they bought some pony steaks. Mm. So but the people are really pulling together to, because they're beginning to understand the conservation issues on Dartmoor. I think it's because they know that we're doing everything in our power to make it work. I mean, I found it very... Dis- I, I, I found it distasteful for years. And then I... Because... I just couldn't get my head around it, which is what we're talking about, really. And then I realised that we were in... I was watching the sand slip through my hands. We were actually... We are on the point. We are on the cusp of not having ponies, really, on Dartmoor at the rate we're going. And so you have to weigh that up. So I actually got a friend came with me and we, we took a pony to slaughter and when I went to pick the meat up because I had to do it myself, I wasn't going to let anyone else go through that and I brought that pony meat back and there were loads, of, all the kids were here um, who were interested to try it which is really interesting that they were the ones who were standing waiting for me to get back with this stuff and I found I couldn't do it I couldn't physically make myself and so I'd, as far as I was concerned I killed this pony for nothing and it was just terrible and so I burst into tears and then the, the kids booted me out of the house said don't worry we're looking after this we're going to try it you go off to the pub and so they took me to the pub and I had two pints aside and came back and tried it <laughs> Joss Hibbs runs the Paddenall Pottery and Cafe on Dartmoor and with local chef Ashley Parrott helped Charlotte with the campaign they explained the argument as Dartmoor visitors Paul and Brenda listened in Joss you run this cafe you sell the pony meat mm-hmm. frozen pony meat here um but you're a vegetarian. I am. And why do I sell it? Uh, t- lots of reasons. Uh, first reason is I stood in a meeting with a lot of hill farmers who keep ponies and understood just how desperate the situation is to increase the ponies' value if they're going to keep their herds at all. And we have an exhibition here at Powder Mills which Charlotte put up 
which explains that these ponies have been here for at least 4,000 years, and I think it would be a great shame if we lost them on our watch. So that was the first reason. Um, and the second reason is because I do understand, even though I don't eat meat myself, is that we look after and value what we eat. And if you're like me, and you don't eat meat, and you don't want to eat pony meat from Dartmoor, then our job is to eat watercress from Norfolk for exactly the same reasons. Um, because those farms that have been there for a very long time need us to buy their produce if we're going to keep the wildlife and the landscape that now hangs off what they've been doing for centuries. Um, so we all have a job to do. And if you want to look after the ponies on Dartmoor and you don't want to eat them, then I would point you towards Friends of the Dartmoor Hill Pony because you can help train them, you can help them find a new home. There's lots of other things you can do. But what you can't do is nothing. So, Ash, you're a chef at the local pub. Tell me about what you actually cooked. Uh, I've done a taffety uh, casserole. Um, basically, very nice with cranberries, slow-cooked for about six hours. It's very, very lean meat. The meal that you prepared was for the AGM for the Dartmoor Hill Pony Association. Yeah. And what was the reaction? Oh, everyone wanted it. I had a batch of chilli just in case people were a bit squeamish about eating the pony meat, but no one had the chilli, everyone had the casserole. It's slightly sweeter than beef. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I tried it with just searing it, so it was basically blue, and it tried it like that. It's very lean, very nice, and I tried it slow-cooked. It, either way, it's, it's very, very similar in texture and colour to beef, just a slightly bit more sweeter, so a bit more... It's cross between venison, I'd reckon, and beef, so it's in somewhere in the middle of the two. But Listening to what Ash has said about it, would you be tempted to walk away with some? Yeah, I think I would, actually. I'm not sure about my better half, but I think I agree with something he said earlier, which is, you know, why kill them when they're foals, when they could have a few years of happy life, just like a cow or a sheep or whatever, and then you can uh, create a, a lovely-sounding dish with it and have it at home. And you're protecting the wildlife and you're keeping a, an important um, species like this going, which I think is very important. Oh. Brenda's been to Peru. She's had uh, alpaca because there are, they're there. They're animals. Yeah. And you know, animals are there for a purpose, part of which is you know, we can, they look after the environment and then we can eat them. Would you cook with it? Um, possibly. You naturally, me on the spot. three minutes ago even, you yeah, never even considered yeah. cooking I think, I think I, I probably would, because what you're talking about here is keeping the ponies alive. And it, it, it makes so much sense. Julie and Jonathan of Travelling Pizzeria have already started using Dartmoor Pony on their wood-fired pizzas. Last year was our first um, full year of trading. We're a relatively new business. And from the start, we wanted to use local ingredients. So... We won the Taste of the West, Best Food to Go, in October. Amazing. And then we went to the trade show, hoping to see what new things were there locally. And we came across the, the pony. And we thought, well, that's great. That's local. It's unusual. And it's something that, that people really, I don't think, know is available. Because we didn't until we went there. And this is Dartmoor Hill Pony. This yeah. is very specifically the pony that we're talking about. Yeah. Are you taking pony meat to Black Glastonbury? I think uh, I think that we could. Yeah. It wouldn't suit necessarily every event we do, but I think it would suit a lot of them. Yeah, and we've got a lovely Citroen H van as well, which makes it... And a big wood burner inside it that everyone can see. So you can see pizzas being cooked. Interesting. It, it, it's a fantastically interesting argument, isn't it? I mean, I've done stuff on Billy Goats and Rose Veal. The, the argument is exactly the same. Mm. These animals would not live 
if there weren't a market to support them. But culturally, do we really eat horse meat? Do we eat, and even calling it pony meat sounds, mm. I mean, mm. Ash the chef says he talks about taffety, which mm. is, mm. gets away from the pony and the horse. Mm. But, but mm. effectively, if anybody asks what that is, it's pony meat. I asked Charlotte's kids what they think of eating pony meat. What's it taste like? Can you describe it? Um, salami. It's quite rich. But it's, it's a nice taste. It's really good. Just, and you've never, you've just never tasted moist. it before? No, I haven't, no. Okay, first time for everything. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's lovely, that is. So it's just like just salami, yeah. Now, we met Nadia Stokes of Borough Market's Gourmet Goat back in the autumn. She explains here why she uses not only billy goat, but rose veal, in an argument that is very similar to the culling of the young ponies. When we won the, um, the Food and Farming Awards this year, uh, we were predominantly working with kid goats. So we were working with the billies from the dairy industry, so male calves that would otherwise have been euthanized um, because they were surplus to um, the, the, the requirements of the farmers. Um, we reached a point where we felt that uh, rose veal would be the natural progression. Exactly the same um, ethical considerations, except on such a bigger, bigger scale. You know, what's happening with the billies, the, the kid goats, it, it's obviously you know, a serious challenge and that has to be addressed. But what's happening with the, the male calves is it's, it's far, far, far bigger in terms of numbers that have been euthanized um, and that actually really should be um, consumed in, in Britain. So the word veal, yeah. it, it still has that connotation of, you know, really yeah. bad animal Okay, husbandry. well, well let's, let's talk about that because actually that's what most people associate it with. They associate it with that horrible image of the veals being, you know, shoved into craze, absolutely vile circumstances. But, you know, that's actually banned in the UK and has, has been for, for a very long time. Um, and let's talk specifically about what rose veal uh, means. That is the colour of the meat. That means it's a healthy, healthy animal because it's got all the necessary iron and all the necessary nutrients in its body. What we were seeing in the past and what associated with those images was the white, uh, white veal. This is rose veal. This is, this is guaranteeing you that what you're eating is actually high welfare. And in fact, what you should be doing is eating more of it as a result. Um, and this is actually something that the RSPCA are saying as well. It is the right thing, the humane thing to do, really, um, because otherwise they, the cattle gets exported at best or at worst is euthanized. CEO of Compassion in World Farming, Philip Limbury, campaigns against factory farming in a bid for all animals bred for meat to be pasture-fed or free to roam. I asked him if there could be a market for pony meat. I think many people will uh, will share my reservation about um, ponies. I hear the welfare benefits that are being extolled there, and, and uh, of course I applaud and, and, and welcome um, that, uh, th- those aspects. But I think that um, making sure that animals that are currently factory farmed actually are no longer factory farmed in the future really is my priority. For those people who who feel a bit queasy about it, who might go to Tesco's and buy a bog-off chicken quite easily because that's what they've been doing for all their lives, that chicken doesn't have as good a life as a Dartmoor pony. Well, the reality for most chickens uh, reared in Britain, uh, in Europe, and actually uh, across the world, certainly uh, uh, commercial chickens, is that they are uh, they spend their life crowded in uh, windless sheds. 
Uh, they're made to grow so fast that by six weeks old, uh, they're not only often suffering from painful crippling uh, and cardiovascular disease, you know, some of them dying of heart attacks at six, week old, six weeks old, um, they're actually um, uh, ready for slaughter, just six weeks old. So, I mean, would you go as far as saying that actually pony meat is a, a development of the argument for better treatment of animals and the future of meat in Britain? Well, I certainly think that keeping animals in their ecological niche, uh, that grazing animals should be allowed to graze, foraging animals should be allowed to forage and express their nat- natural behaviours. I think that uh, is, is is the way forward and I think it's a very uh, efficient uh, way of producing high quality food. Um, uh, personally, uh, I continue to be a little sceptical about uh, ponies and horses. Part of it is is, is uh, driven through uh, the fact that I'm uncomfortable about new animals, if you like, being drawn into the farming arena. I can't help but think, you know, we had this with ostriches, for example. Alligators are another one. When you know, fully domesticated animals like pigs, chickens and cows are being treated so appallingly on our factory farms... Most farm animals in Britain are factory farmed. Can there really be an argument for bringing other um, and often, you know, more wildly sensitive animals into that farming arena? That continues to be a residual concern of mine. But if they're already there, these little ponies are currently being killed in their first year. The argument is to extend their life to three years. They're local ponies serving potentially serving local meat to a local community and moving it around Britain you mentioned Brexit presumably what you mean by that is that if we become a bit more self-sufficient we become a little bit more have some control Dartmoor pony is never going to be exported it's local it's locally sourced it's got good provenance it's well cared for it is already part of the farming community I think that local um, a pasture fed free-range, organic uh, production of of, uh, farm animals is the way to go. Animals that are kept in higher welfare circumstances really is what I would uh, encourage consumers to look for. So avoiding farm fresh, country fresh, natural, these kind of labels, which generally are um, covering over the fact that the meat from those animals has come from factory farms. Um, So... Free-range, pasture-fed uh, 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 and organic are the ones to look for. I'm going to see if I can get a last word from a horse. Thanks for listening to Delicious Magazine's Extra Portion. You can find out much more about all things delicious at the website deliciousmagazine.co.uk. And while you're there, do subscribe and get every podcast delivered free to your podcast app.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 